Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. I remember quite a few years ago, um, as soon, uh, soon after I entered seminary, uh, it was around Easter time and uh, right before Good Friday, I remember one of our professors organized something he called a morning service, a Good Friday morning service. And um, I have never heard of such a worship, I have to you know, admit. And uh, at first I heard it as M-O-R-N-I-N-G, you know, a morning, like morning, early in the day morning service. So I thought, okay, yeah, it's like an early morning service or something. Uh, but then I went, the lighting was dark, uh, there was a cross made out of uh, black drape. Um, and the, the, the atmosphere the, was so sober and somber and quiet. And then I, it hit me. It was a M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, a mourning service, as in you mourn the death of Christ. You suffer with him in his death, in his suffering together. And uh, it was the first time I had actually been part of a morning service around Easter. And it was a whole new experience. And it was really, really powerful. And from there, uh, I learned and appreciated, I gained an understanding and appreciation for the sober and more well-rounded heart of worship and a humbler form of worship. So let's read the passage and we'll continue and see what the Word of God says today. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a cult tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a cult outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that cult? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the cult to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now, have you ever imagined yourself um, either time traveling or if you were born during Jesus' time, you know, sometime in the past? And um, I have to admit, I'm kind of glad I wasn't born, that I wasn't around uh, Jesus' time in Israel, uh, around Jerusalem, around Bethlehem, to be confronted by Jesus, his teachings, uh, all you know, the signs and wonders that he performed, because I wonder how I would have reacted to him. We read about you know, many different you know, ways that people reacted. And I wonder, would I have been like the Pharisees? Would I have been like Peter or John, uh, faithful? 
Now, even today, um, there are so many ways to interpret the Bible and the scripture. And um, a lot of people look at it in many different ways. And there are still many debates that are still going on. Now, one of my concerns uh, is that I would have reacted like the Pharisees, like the teachers of the law, the, the crowd, or even the zealots, you know, who took what Jesus said from a very one-sided way. Right Now, in today's passage, you see Jesus entering Jerusalem, and it looks like a claim to authority. He is, uh, the animal that he chose uh, has never been ridden, and this makes it uh, suitably uh, for uh, the sacred purposes of a king to ride. And this entire image is very reminiscent, and it comes basically straight out of Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, where it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Right? Very, very clear, very similar to what we read in today's passage with people either side shouting Hosanna, waving leaves and, and putting you know, um, clothes and, and plant leaves on the ground for him to enter. So Jesus enters Jerusalem as the Messiah, very much. And salvation and glory are definite themes that follow Jesus wherever he goes, especially in today's passage. But this also poses a problem. Now, it is clear in the gospel that people had different and also wrong ideas of what salvation and glory meant when it came to what Jesus was talking about versus what they expected. And it is still the same today. Even as Mark records the crowds cheering and welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem with shouts of Hosanna as if a king, Mark in this gospel, more than any other, brings out Jesus's enormous, immense suffering that he had to endure. So as we shout Hosanna today and receive Jesus as the Messiah, we also need to reflect on um, what we are declaring salvation from. Are we proclaiming Jesus, uh, if we are proclaiming Jesus as king, what kind of king is he exactly? Over what is he the king of? Now, we have to set a baseline standard here so that there is no misunderstanding. First, Jesus came to save us from sin and from sinfulness. Two, right and intimate relationship with God. This is what righteousness is. So he came to save us from eternal death and eternal condemnation that came about as a result of sin. Right? This is the first thing that, and this is the thing, uh, what Jesus came to save us from. And the second, his kingship, his lordship, his king over all creation. God gave one subgroup of creation the authority to rule in his place as stewards. That is humanity, man and woman. And so to correct, to right all uh, the rest of creation, God only needs to put right humanity. And humanity, from there, it flows, and all creation can also be redeemed. Now, what are our expectations? Though? What is your expectation? How would you have responded to Jesus if you were alive, if you were born around the time of Jesus, as you saw and heard what he did and what he said? Would you have been like the Pharisees? Would you have been like the, the, uh, the disciples or somewhere in between? What are our expectations? That's something that we have to honestly discern and answer. Now, what God is telling us from the word today 
is for us to correct, to correct our understanding of salvation so that we can have the most correct sense so that as we follow him and as we live in the salvation and we also talk about and testify to the salvation, we do it the right way. And the second is the correct understanding of his kingship. Is he the king over one country? Is he the king over the comfortable and the good things that we desire? Or what is the king over? These are the two things that we need to consider and correctly apply so that we can correctly grow as well. Now, thinking about today's passage and the reflection, the devotional, I was reminded of a very powerful song, one of my favorite songs, uh, worship songs, called Knowing You. I'm sure a lot of you know this. And one of the verses says, Oh, to know the power of your risen life, and to know you in your sufferings, to become like you in your death, my Lord, so with you to live and never die. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing uh, you are my all, you're the best, you're my righteousness, uh, you're my all in all, and all of those things. To know Jesus is to also know his suffering. To know his resurrection is to also know his death. Do we have that full, rounded uh, view of worship and of Christ and what he did? To also, you know, shout Hosanna, he saves and he's risen, but also to be able to mourn him and also have that morning worship and service. Today, let's reflect on what, me, what we may have been thinking up to this point of God's salvation. Did he come to save me for what? From what? Was it from a particular thing that you have been praying for? Or is it that eternal perspective and about also Jesus' kingship as well? What is he king over? Is he king over everything? Is he king over you? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who has saved us and who is our Lord. And as we declare him our Savior and as our Lord, may we have that correct and full understanding to also accept and appreciate the suffering, the death and the pain, even as we glorify you for the resurrection, for the power uh, that you hold and the glory as well. May we grow as we dwell and reflect upon your word, upon the work of Christ uh, that he came to do and has achieved, Lord. So we thank you for your son again. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world, and stepping in closer, see Jesus.